Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, what is going on everybody welcome into the fantasy coaches podcast i am your host as always coach steve on today's episode guys we're talking week 14 start and sits this is the last week before playoffs hit uh this is the uh for all the monies all the bread over they however they say it there's a saying that for that whatever it is i can't think of it but there's a saying for that and for all the marbles this is it this is the last chance to make the playoffs and we're here to help you today we didn't Honestly, we didn't do that hot last week, Jibs. I look back at who we picked, and we kind of things didn't go our way. But we have a guest on today, and we're going to get things rolling in the right direction. So let me introduce Coach Jibs. As of course, what's going on, Jibs? It's good, man. Um, I'm waiting for Thursday night already, and it's kind of weird doing this pod on a Wednesday because I like get to pick like all these guys we were actually playing on Thursday. But obviously, I'm doing well, and um, it's cold as hell cold it is cold it is cold and and that's part of the reason why we're doing on wednesday i can't stand the cold i'm going to florida for four days so uh, i'm getting out of here and that's why we're doing a a wednesday pod so but let me introduce our guest for this evening he's been on the podcast once before and we had to bring him back on again mr andrew hall what's going on buddy oh steve i'm doing great good to have a a couple of minutes here to chat with you on a fun random wednesday before you go on vacation and forget everything for a while it'll be great (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) well i mean my fantasy teams need me this weekend so i'll be stuck to my phone a little bit unfortunately but uh yeah it's it's good to have you back and good to talk to you again for sure yeah looking forward to it absolutely absolutely so before we do get started you know just let everyone know kind of you know what you guys got going on in your industry and you know everything like that Sure. Yeah. So I'm a co-host of the Dynasty Junkies podcast with Rocky Petrella and Scott Sidlow. We do a show every Thursday. We kind of rotate through hosts. So I'm off this week. So I was like, hey, I'll I'll jump on another pod. You know, I can't get enough of this stuff. So that sounds like the way to be. Uh, I also write for Pro Football Network. I usually do a Thursday start sit article and then a Sunday start sit article, depending on what's going on. And then uh, I also write for Fantasy Pros. I do a weekly Dynasty article for them, uh, just kind of giving some people some different ideas, maybe outside the box ideas of what to do with your dynasty roster. If you're struggling or if you're looking for help and kind of more of a broad stroke than uh, you know, start stit kind of stuff, which is what a lot of the week is, but in dynasty, you still got to keep your eye on the long-term goal too. So it's nice to do a little bit of everything, you know? No, I believe me. I I'm, I'm looking at all the waivers and trying to find like rookies who people kind of just gave up on really early and see if I can just kind of scoop these guys early on. So I, I get it. So, but we're glad to have you on and, gonna be a good episode tonight guys gonna be really fun all right so let's get into the news there's a couple things to you know kind of just run by real quick we're not going to go too much details because we want to get you as many start and sit as possible so uh logan thomas finally lands on the ir so does Kenyon drake uh justin fields the rookie quarterback for the bears is now back as the starter and will play green bay this week adam thielen is officially out on thursday i believe it's a high ankle sprain his injury was finally i don't think we talked about that on monday but you know there's a chance he could come back, but usually with high ankle sprains, it's sometimes like a three-week thing at minimum, but we'll see. Mark Ingram tested positive for COVID, uh, so that is interesting. Let's see if he gets cleared by um, by Sunday. I don't know if he's vaccinated or not, so I can't give you if he, that's the case or not. Uh, Mike Williams, 
close contact to Keenan Allen, who we already talked about is on the COVID reserve. He's on COVID supposedly now too. We, we still don't really know, but he could end up being cleared because he was only a close contact. I don't know, but keep your keep your eyes on guys like Jalen Guyton and uh, Josh Palmer. If those guys don't play this weekend. So they might be someone you could scoop up and flex if you're in desperate situation for a wide receiver help. And then last but not least, Russell Wilson, the big rumor out there, because we always love rumors about quarterbacks that are moving places. And, you know, he said he would accept uh, trades to the Giants, the Broncos, or the Saints. So that's real interesting. But, again, we're we're not going to get too much detail because, God forbid, Russ stays for the next 10 years in Seattle. So it's just fun rumor news to go into. So uh, we'll get right into the actual topic today, guys. And, of course, that's our start and sits, but we call it sleepers and busts. And Mr. Andrew, my friend, you get to start us off with the quarterback sleeper position. Who do you have someone that uh, people should not be sleeping on this week? So for week 14 is kind of a weird one, right? Like there's, there's a, was it four teams are on a buy? I think this week, right? There, there's mm-hmm. a, still a bunch of people on buy. You got a bunch of injuries. It's, it's a wacky wild world. We're playing fantasy in this, these days. Um, I feel like there's a ton of things going on. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that people are getting ready to focus on in real life and fantasy playoffs are right here around the corner. And I just feel like, there are a lot of quarterbacks that I think could be starts pretty much any week. Right. And, and the one that I wanted to come up with, which is, I would call it a hot take and I'm not afraid of this take. And I think I'm almost nervous to say it because maybe I am a little afraid, but Jared Goff, I'm telling you, what, oh, he, he okay. is not somebody I'm recommending for one QB leagues. Let's clarify, but in Superflex or like deeper one QB, if you're really down in the trenches and you've got guys in your league that are starting or rostering four guys and things like that, I do think Jared Goff is getting a lot of hate right now, but last week he, he wasn't bad. I mean, like he, I don't know. I'm not going to say he's great, but he might be coming on to something here. I mean, Denver is not like the studdest of defenses out there. It's potential that, you know, maybe Jared Goff is going to light the world up and be somebody that again is a top 10, top 20 QB and in Superflex, That's all you're looking for. So I'm, I'm going a little hot takey here out of the gate, but I just think Jared Goff is one of those guys that is criminally underrated but could be somebody that's uh, he was seventh last week. He's somebody that could do that again. Why not? He did it in week one. It helps. <laughs> he did it in week one, but yeah, the Broncos defense is very up and down this season. And there's some days they play good. Some weeks they play bad. It's, it's hard to trust who's really going to come out here. So uh, Jericho, yeah, that's a great one right there. Oh, it's Trust deep it. too. I don't want to make it seem like that's a, that's it's a risky play. That is a low oh, floor, no. high ceiling. Might need to play risky here. It's well, week four. Glory deal, right? I hear there. the name sleeper, and I'm thinking different than a start. Like this is someone who I people are sleeping <laughs> on. Everybody is comatose on Jared Goff, but I think For there sure. is a chance he could be a top ten QB. So I'm just putting it out there. I like it. I like. It. I still like it. I still like it. So. All right, Coach Jibs, what do we got for us, man? Who do you have as a sleeper this week? I'm like Andrew's uh, grave digger pick right there. That's just way <laughs> deep down the well. But uh, I'm going to be going uh, recommending Cam Newton. And he's playing against the Falcons. And they give up a lot of points to the quarterback position, second most points this year. And, like, you could be skeptical of his, like, performance against the Miami Dolphins or whatever. But, like, the Dolphins' defense has been improving throughout the season. And you see now they just kind of stifle – uh, I guess mobile quarterbacks like that and like Lamar Jackson as well. But the Falcons opportunity, they allowed multiple touchdowns in seven out of the 12 games they played. And they allowed some Russian quarterbacks to have some uh, pretty efficient numbers on the ground. So I think the signs are a point up for Cam. And I think you could expect like a performance from Washington rather than the Miami performance. He had a bye week. He has uh, some time to get it together. And I think he's going to perform this week. Yeah, and they want to get back to running the ball. I'm hoping that means Cam Newton is going to be running the ball as well. So uh, that rushing upside definitely, especially against Atlanta, it just makes a ton of sense as a sleeper this week. So 
love that chips. All right, guys. So for me, I went with Zach Wilson, my boy, Zach Wilson, uh, my favorite quarterback in this entire draft class. But uh, Zach Wilson, you know, he finally performed to a QB one standard. Finally, Uh, it's it's been a long time coming. I thought it wasn't going to happen this season here, honestly. But, you know, Philly's defense was still, you know, so so for the most part. And he performed pretty well for the most part. I liked, you know, and. They do play the Saints this week, and the Saints, you could think of them on, on paper, they're like, oh, that's a good defense, but they've been kind of weak at the quarter, at quarterback position. They've allowed, you know, the six most fantasy points on a per-game basis to quarterbacks this year. They've, over the last month or so, they've they've given up QB1 performances all season. You know, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Dak Prescott this past week wasn't as, as, you know, QB1 potential, but it was a Thursday night game, so I kind of throw that out of the window sometimes. But, you know, they've allowed quarterbacks to to you know, thrive against them, and they played the Jets themselves. The Saints play the Jets, and they're expecting to probably be winning this game by a lot. Alvin Kamara's coming back, and I expect Russell Wilson to be forced to throw the ball because you can't run on the Saints. So throw the ball a ton, and I expect another good performance out of him to have kind of a back-to-back, you know, really strong two weeks there in fantasy. So for me, Zach Wilson is my guy. I don't hate it. Yeah, got, I'm got good so. potential. Yeah. I'm having to start him in a ton of dynasty leagues because that's where I have him at. But even in redraft, you could consider him if you're in a situation where you're looking for help. So, all right, guys. So let's head over to the QB bus. Someone maybe you're just lowering your expectations on, not necessarily saying you're going to sit this guy, but maybe you might want to lower your standards on him. So, Andrew, who do you got as your QB bus this week? Well, so this one kind of hits close to home. So my uh, my home league, I've been starting Ryan Tannehill every week. And I've I've gotten to ten and three somehow, but I have not enjoyed Ryan Tannehill. He has not been helping me. And I think coming out of the bye, I'm yeah, he's playing Jacksonville, but there's no one there to throw the ball. I mean, we haven't heard anything about AJ Brown. I don't think Julio Jones is coming back. I'm just I'm really down on Tannehill. I think that there are still some and I know myself was one of these. I had Tannehill going into the bye last week. I picked up Taysom Hill. I'm like, I don't know, how bad could it be? I think I'm starting Hill again. Like, I don't know, like that rush, rushing floor and everything. Like, you know, give me a chance. I, I think he could play well against the Jets, like you were just talking about. I think it, it just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Tannehill right now. And I think, too, the, the way that it's, uh, well, I guess I I should preface this a little bit, too, though. You could do worse than Tannehill. I would say I would probably start Tannehill over Goff, right? But I'm saying from where they are to where they're going, I think Tannehill is, is worse as a potential, but Goff is a better potential, right? Like the upside of Goff is better than the downside of Tannehill. I don't know if that makes any sense. But I'm just looking at it like Tannehill somebody I'm trying to avoid almost everywhere I can. He just, I don't know, he, he never gets a top 10 finish. I think he's only had three all year. Like, that's just, that's ugly. I don't want anything to do with that. But with golf, I feel like the upside is coming in. With Tannehill, the downside is all you see lately. No, I, I agree with you, honestly. It, it's, you know, the matchup looks great because it's the Jags, but, you know, Tannehill just not has struggled without weapons this year, and he doesn't have any. Maybe Julio comes back. Maybe that changes things, but... Does Julio play a full game if that's the case? I mean, you just don't know. So it just, that whole team worries me. It's such a rushing offense. Even without Derrick Henry, they tend to lean a lot on the run game. So I don't know. I'm just I'm not wowed by Tannehill and I'm trying to bench him wherever I can just because I don't like his upside being so low. It's just not something I like right now. I agree. I'm expecting his running back to to be doing something very well. We'll talk about Foreshadowing. that. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah. So all right, Coach Jibs, what do you got for us this week, man? Who's your QB bust? I'm taking Russell Wilson and don't get me wrong. Like I'm starting him in a league because I, I need to start him. But uh, the Houston, surprisingly, if they give up the 14 fewest points of quarterbacks and um, the last four quarterbacks, you they played 
haven't scored more than 13 fantasy points in four point for passing touchdown leagues. And we saw Russ kind of shake off some of the rust the last two weeks, but I still think there's some concern. And like, I know he's thrown for like 30, uh, he had 30 completions last week, but still like the Seahawks kind of typically in my head are like a low volume passing offense and Houston, they give a lot of production on the ground. So I think Pete Carroll's going to like, try to like work all those running backs they have. I don't care which one does it for fantasy. I'm not starting any of them, but I think collectively they're going to like definitely pound the ball and get the job done and get that dub this week. So I'm kind of down on Russell Wilson this week. I don't think he's going to have a spectacular game, but mediocre is definitely in his window. I want to jump in here and say, I almost took Wilson myself. Like he's just not been surprising me lately. He's not been that stud guy. So I'm right there with you. That's a great pick. Yeah, no, definitely. And it could be, I'm, see if I, I like it, but I'm also like, if they're, who's going to run the ball. So I feel like they're going to be forced to throw yeah. it. <laughs> it's like, crazy. It could favor him. Yeah, you can write the narrative whichever way you want, right? Yeah, I mean, if they had like a good running back, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. This is like a running game. Like Russ isn't going to throw the ball, but they just have to throw to Russ. I don't know. They have to throw it with Russ. I'm sorry. But yeah, I don't hate it, Jibs. I don't hate it. So just kind of get two touchdowns for him to have a good game. I'm thinking. He's going to have 200 yards and two touchdowns. That's his day. That's kind of been what Russ is doing this year. So maybe throw to DK once or twice, maybe more than, <laughs> than three times. I don't know, Russ. All right. So I went with Taysom Hill, guys, and I know Taysom Hill like lit up the fantasy world on Thursday Night Football, and everyone seems to love it, even though he he still managed twenty fantasy points and throwing four picks, incredible. Um, but this is the type of game where, like, you know, oh, it looks really great. It's the New York Jets, but sometimes the New York Jets decide to show up and play defense. And the one thing about Taysom Hill is that Alvin Kamara is supposedly coming back, so he's going to see a big workload on the ground more than likely because if Mark Ingram's out. I know I'm sure Calvin Kamara is going to handle a significant workload in this offense here than, you know, them trusting Mark Ingram, who's, you know, in his past his prime at this point. So for me, it's like Jets suck at the run. So I expect them to throw in the ball a ton. You know, Tyson Hill's got that finger injury. How well is he going to be able to throw the ball? Uh, the Jets secondary, you know, they've been a little bit weaker as of lately, but they've had moments that they've kind of like just not let quarterbacks kind of throw all over them. And Tyson Hill isn't somebody I'm threatened by in the passing game. Now, if he gets, you know, the rushing yards, that's might throw my whole bust out of the window. But, you know, I'm not expecting this to be a very high, a crazy high scoring game where I think Taysom Hill is running the ball, you know, over 100 yards. Again, I don't expect that to happen this week with Alvin Kamara back here, honestly. And I don't expect him to do a whole lot in the passing game uh, based on what, you know, the Jets defense can able to do. So for me, I think Taysom Hill could end up, you know, being someone who busts this week, honestly, personally. That's how I feel about it. I'll jump in just for a second and say, I mean, 100 rushing yards against Dallas and the Jets are a worse rushing team. It does suck that Kamara comes back. You know what I mean? Like that's obviously going to hurt his upside a little bit, but I don't even know. Does he even need to throw the ball? You know what I mean? Like, right. honestly, like he could throw seven passes and get 130 yards rushing and run for two TDs. I mean, you don't know what this guy like he's he's all over the map. So I think he's a fine play, but I like the riskiness of your choice of calling him a bust, too. Because that's everybody is talking about Taysom going up. And you're like, no, I disagree. I respect that day. In a two QB league, absolutely. You're going to have super flexion. You're going to have to start him because it's just too good. But in a one QB league, people worrying about right now, if it helps, the Jets haven't allowed a quarterback to rush past 30 yards this season. They've been pretty good against rushing about quarterbacks in general, about their rushing ability. Again, have they played a lot of rushing quarterbacks? Not a ton, but you know, we'll see. Taysom Hill's a different breed. So we got off the hook last week. 
Sure did, yeah. <laughs> Four picks. Uh, all right, so let's see here. Just a couple quarterbacks really quickly to name off. Starter sit. Uh, Derek Carr this week. I'll start him. I, I don't want I to, will. but I'll, it's probably one of those things like, yeah, he's he could do worse. Uh, it was basically Taysom Hill or Derek Carr, and I chose Taysom Hill, so that's yeah, how I feel about it. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm not thrilled to start Derek Carr. He played decently last time against him, but not thrilled. Tyler Heineke against the Cowboys. I'll pass. I'll say bench on that one. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, Antonio Gibson's coming on pretty strong. Heineke is still, I don't know if Heineke's the future in that team. I just don't know if I can trust him. I have him in a couple super flex leagues and I'm gladly starting him as a super flex, but uh, in a one QB, I'm probably benching him. Okay. I'll pass too. I, I kind of like him as a start. Honestly, I've been a big fan of Tyler Heineke this season. I'm, I'm hoping that they can like give him more weapons and more production and see if he can actually thrive. But you know, that's just my personal opinion. I like I like Kyle Heineke, so. Well, I think uh, losing Logan Thomas is not going to help him either. I mean, that's that's a big loss. I, I, and he hasn't played all season or whatever. He's missed some games, but he's an easy dump off target. And I just they don't seem to want to use Gibson as a pass catcher. So I don't know. I just feel like it funnels through Gibson and not through Heineke. But that's just me. We'll see. Let's see. Okay. Okay. I, I like it though. I like it. All right. Let's see. One more quick one. Uh, let's see. Who do I want to go with here? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you play Jimmy Garoppolo this weekend? Go ahead, Jibs. I'd rather play him over Heineke, to be honest. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I would take Garoppolo over Heineke, but I don't really want to start either. Like, I'm not a fan of either. Bet on this. We'll bet on this. I'll post it again on Sunday. We'll bet on this one. No. <laughs> David Kyle Heineke for sure. I can't. I hate Jimmy G, but it's an okay match. They're playing, they're playing your Bengals, man. Come on. I know. And I'll be at that game. So that's why I'm kind of hoping he does badly. So maybe it's a biased opinion. I don't know. Maybe it's biased. (laughs) I should do the reverse jinx though. I should like pick him up and start him everywhere just so that I lose all my fantasy matchups with the Bengals win. I should do something like that. Love it. All right. So let's head over to the RB sleepers now. All right. Andrew, what do you guys RB sleeper? So my RB sleeper this week is uh, Kareem Hunt. I think that Cleveland is going to use as many running backs as they possibly can. I think the cream hunt came out pretty well after the, uh, the time off from injury. Uh, they just had a bye week if I'm not mistaken. So he's coming out extra fresh. I think that offense is going to be ready to light things up on Sunday. And, and I'll be honest with you too. I think that cream hunt in a divisional matchup against Baltimore. I'm just, I'm looking forward to that game. I think that's going to be a good game. And I just think that, you know, to be honest with you, cream hunts, one of those guys that I think is almost criminally underrated. He's an RB one drafted and playing as an RB two, but he could easily be the RB one on, I don't know, 12 or 15 different NFL teams right now. He just so happens to be behind Chubb. So I think that Hunt's going to get a lot more of the passing work. I think the offense on their bye week took some time to reevaluate and figure out where they want to go, what they want to do. And I think it involves Hunt. So that's someone I think that is kind of being slept on as an RB one option and someone I'm gladly starting anywhere I have. Yeah, no, I, it definitely makes sense. I mean, people I think are probably were probably turned off from his first game back, and it's just it was, it was a terrible game for the Browns in general. And then he went through his bye. So, well, yeah. he got seven carries, so he still got plenty of opportunities. He didn't do much with it, but I think he was just getting the cobwebs knocked off. And again, another bye week that you know he could rest up. I think he's going to come out guns blazing in a divisional matchup. I mean, we just saw Baltimore get a little bit roughed up against Pittsburgh of all people. I mean, Cleveland's not going to see that and go, oh, we should take it easy. They're going to put their foot on the throttle, and I think that involves Hunt a lot. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hunt this week for sure. Agree. Agree. Definitely. Coach Shibs, what do you got? Uh, I got two. And uh, my first one's obviously going to be like Donta Foreman. And this is basically the Titans versus the Jets. I mean, the Titans versus the Jaguars. And he rushed for like, he rushed very well against that New England game. And he had 19 carries. So I like him and Hilliard both as options. Hmm. 
But um, my deep league special this week is going to be Amir Abdullah, and it's not sexy at all, but and you know he's going to be sharing Russian attempts with Cam Newton and Chuba Hubbard. But if you're playing in like a deep PPR league or something like that, the Falcons give up a lot of production to running backs, and they also give up the fifth most receiving yards per game to running backs at 49 yards. And we've seen Chuba Hubbard kind of just get completely phased out of the receiving game, and Amir Amir Dula has taken over that work. So, like, if you're in a pinch and you need to start someone in a super deep league, the guy has been kind of producing 13 catches on for 107 yards over the last like four four or five weeks. But for PPR leagues, that could give you some value. So I like him maybe as like your DraftKings special when you're trying to just put in that last little bit of money in there. You know, like just get the the budget right. Damn, Jeff, you're just taking all the sleeper running backs, man. Come on. I'm sorry, yeah, I just had so <laughs> much selfish. Well, uh, just go on the Titans, guys. Do whatever you want to do. No, no, you already. I wanted to jump in for just a second on this. You said Hilliard too. I kind of respect that. That's a deep sleeper, right? You're saying Foreman and Hilliard. So I mean, oh, maybe yeah. we can talk a little bit about both of these Titans guys as sleepers. I mean, again, Steve, would you start Hilliard if you had to, like in a deep league? Would you start? Oh Hilliard? yeah. Do you think absolutely? You're, you're on these guys all the way. So. Maybe that's your sleeper, right? You, you pick Foreman, you could pick Hilliard. You know what I mean? You're good. I have another sleeper now. I have another one. Okay. Yeah, I'm, okay. The Titans, the Titans receiver, Titans running backs are perfect. I'm starting Foreman over Hilliard if I had to choose because I feel like, you know, Foreman's their main guy still with Hilliard's. You know, we don't know what Jeremy McNichols does when he comes back, but he was our passing mm-hmm. guy. So we'll see how that works. So I expect the Titans to be a well ahead in this game that the Foreman will be seeing a lot of work on the ground. But uh, Jibs, both, honestly, both picks are fantastic sleeper picks this week. I like Amir Abdullah a lot. I think people are sleeping on his ability in the passing game because uh, I don't think they want to use Chobert in that way. So um, I think Amir Abdullah could see five or six targets in this game very easily. So uh, watch out for that. So my quick one real quick, I went with Darrell Williams. Uh, You know, if you guys know Darrell Williams, Kansas City running back here, they play the Raiders this week here. The Raiders are the six most fantasy points per game to running backs here now. And, you know, you thought maybe Clyde Edwards-Hiller coming back would kind of make Williams more of a, you know, reserve guy, but he still played like over 46% of the snaps. And um, for me, you know, he's going to probably see somewhere between 10 and 12 touches and he could easily score in any one of those touches. And at some points in games, it seems like they trust Williams in, you know, quick situations, passing down situations. So, um, if you're looking for an RB help, maybe you got killed at RB this year because of the buys and everything. Williams is an okay, I think, option if you're looking for a, a desperate low-end RB, too, if you're looking for someone like that. So uh, Darrell Williams is my guy. All right. So over to the RB bus now, Andrew. What do you got for us? Well, all right. So this one, I feel like it's not really that that hot takey, but maybe it gets there. But I'm going with James Robinson as my bust. I just feel like that that whole offense, that whole team just worries me. Now, I mean, if you're looking at just the numbers, the last time the Jags played the Titans, Robinson had what could be called his best game of the year. He ran 18 times for 149 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he got a touchdown through the air, but I'm saying like, that's a good game. That's a terrific game. But last week, it didn't feel like the team knew that. It didn't feel like, you know, Urban Meyer wanted to play James Robinson. It just felt like in general, they were like, I don't know, you're you're hurt. I don't think we trust you. I think he fumbled the ball and then they benched him for a while. It was like, He's clearly the best running back. And then they're putting Carlos Hyde in there. So this isn't as much talent as much as it is just playmaking and, and I guess playing decisions like, you know, coaches decisions, things like that. It just worries me for Robinson. Normally I love him. And even last week I started him everywhere I had him and yeah, it didn't really pan out, but I, I wasn't worried. Now I'm worried. Now I'm thinking maybe there is more to this. Maybe they don't want to risk Robinson because he's an undrafted guy. Maybe they just feel like he's worn out as welcome. I don't know, but 
he just it makes me nervous because it's not something you can tangibly put on the field and see in the numbers. It's just I don't know. I don't like that. So that's my bust, James Robinson. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Honestly, I feel like Robinson has just kind of been on the downward swirl lately. Honestly, after like he was an RB one for like the for, like weeks two to like seven or six, so he was just dominant. And then I don't know what went wrong there in Jacksonville. I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville anyway. So nobody does. <laughs> it's it's not. It's definitely not a great time to be playing James Robinson or trusting James Robinson for that matter. So. Yeah. All right, Coach Chibs, what do you got? Nick Chubb. Nick Man, Chubb, there you go. I love the talent. He's supreme running back, but his matchup worries me this week. And the Ravens, albeit like their defense has been kind of just downward trending with the injuries and all that, be it, but they still allow the seven fewest points running back so far. And they haven't allowed a running back to score a touchdown since week seven. So Nick Chubb was always dependable for getting good amounts of rushing yards, but that doesn't really pan out to nothing. And like, PPR leagues and happy PPR leagues because you all obviously need that touchdown. So, with that look at lurking, and you also have to account for Cream Hunt, who's your sleeper. So, like, I think like if you're splitting work with that, I don't really want to like trust Nick Chubb. Like, obviously you're gonna start him, but you're probably not gonna get like supreme like double digit numbers if you're like expecting that. He has to have a huge game on the ground, and I don't expect that at all. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if anybody benches Chubb. Right, that's just not what you do with a guy like Chubb. But he is easy. I agree. He is easily somebody that could put up eight points and you just go, all right, I tried. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to bench him, but it's like, all right. <laughs> so I love it. It's like, I see, up. I see what you're doing. Yeah. If you're trying to get me to sick Nick Chubb this week against you, so I don't play him and he goes off for 200 yards, man. I see it. You can ride Nick Chubb all you want. Yeah, please <laughs> well, do, right? Please. One of my favorite running backs. He's my favorite running back. I got him everywhere. You know, I'm starting him still, but I expect him nothing out of him this week. <laughs> Low ceiling. Yep. Low, ceiling. Yeah, low, low expectations for me. And that's how I feel about this next guy here, Ezekiel Elliott versus the Washington oh, football yeah. team here. Yeah, I mean, the oh, injury gosh. is already a concern. Tony Pollard's dealing with something too, but, you know, they're splitting carries. He hasn't had over 15 carries in the last five weeks, and Washington's been pretty good against running backs. They haven't allowed a running back over 75 yards this season, and I expect the you know, Cowboys passing game to thrive against, hopefully thrive, but, you know, Washington's been playing better. And it's hard to trust Zeke. He's just not running well. And Tony Pollard is playing so much more than maybe people expected this year and or getting the opportunity so much more than many people expected. And it's tough for me to want to play Zeke this week. And I know you might have to because, he's, you know, he's an RB, and but I would definitely lower your expectation. An eight-point game would not be a surprise out of Zeke this week if that's the case. So. I hate that you're right. That you're right. <laughs> I hate that I'm right. Uh, Bodyguard in the league. I tried so hard to trade for Zeke everywhere this offseason. I thought this would be a great year for him. And then I'm so glad no one wanted to trade with me. And I'm the real great. <laughs> well, we say that all the time. Sometimes it's the moves you don't make that save your season, right? Like, oh, oh yeah. dodge that bullet. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So let's go over a couple quick running backs here. Do you start any of the Jets running backs this week? No, I'm out. No. Who's available? I, I mean, it, it's not the best Coleman, matchup. It's not Johnson. the worst. But yeah, you got Coleman, Ty Johnson, and uh, there was somebody else, I think, that they just like elevated or something, but oh, now nah, I'm pretty much avoiding all those guys. Gotcha. Uh, nah. Same thing. Same thing. What about Rex Burkhead? He's got a great matchup against Seattle. Do you trust him? Maybe David Johnson comes back. Do you trust David Johnson if he plays? Nah, I don't know who the quarterback is. That could be a complete oh. circus. Yeah. I'm, I'm just that, that similar to the jets, like that whole backfield, it's a three headed tiny monster. Like I don't want to end. There's no upside there. Do you know what I mean? Like you're splitting carries with other guys that are, Jags, you know what I mean? Like, what do I right. want with these just a guys? You know what I mean? Like, give me somebody with upside. And 
Burkhead could get 20 carries for 30 yards. I don't want that. Like that's no, that's, I'm, that's not ideal. <laughs> so yeah, I'm avoiding all those guys. It's like a dollar that's store. Yeah. Oh, I get <laughs> what about Mike Davis? Kind of had a good game last week. I know the touchdown saved him, but do you trust him enough to play him again? He triggered me on this one. Mike oh Davis God. is like, I just, I, I was in on Mike Davis going into this year, right? I'm like, there's nobody else there. Like, he's going to be the guy. And I drafted him in a bunch of drafts. And I dropped him in week three in one league, just out of frustration, where I was like, it was a free league. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. And it ended up being a good drop, to be honest. But I still have him on a couple teams. I, I'm still starting him in one team. I have to, because it's a three running back league. And I had, I, going into the year, I had McCaffrey, uh, Barkley and Gurley, who I was hoping would sign somewhere and didn't. So like now I've had McCaffrey who's in and out Barkley, who's in and out. I'm starting like Ingram and Burkhead and these other guys. So yeah, in that league, it's a three running back and I'm starting Mike Davis. And it just like, I don't know. I have a, a visceral reaction hitting the submit button on that lineup. I'm like, Oh God. So I don't want to, but I am. How about that? It's like, mm, eight, what are you going to do with them? Eight touches, buddy. Let's well, go. it's not even, it's not even that like he could get eight touches and he could get two touchdowns. So, you know, the upsides there from last week, we saw that too, right? He got a little bit, he kind of showed a little bit, which is like just teasing you to say, start me. And then you start him and he gets, you know, eight carries for seven yards and a fumble. And you're like, thanks. I was better off getting nobody in that spot. Like, what? Ah, it's so frustrating. That's a no for me, Doug. No, that's a no for sure. So <laughs> I don't trust the, I don't trust that for sure. So, all right. All right. So let's head over Good to answer. the wide receivers now. Cause there's not a lot of running backs to talk about in that fringe starting. Everyone else is basically you play them, but let's talk about wide receiver sleepers here. Now, Andrew, what do you got for us as sleeper? So this one I, I think is a, a pretty good task. I mean, Rams are st- studly lately, and I think Van Jefferson is coming on hot. I think Van Jefferson's one of those guys that was probably picked up off waivers in week five or six or something. Um, but I just think the Rams, either on Monday Night Football, if I believe, Odell Beckham, who knows if he plays, we're still kind of not sure. Um, you got Obviously, Woods is out. You got Cup, who's a stud, but where else do they go? And I just honestly, I think Stafford's starting to like a lot of what he sees with Jefferson. So I think Jefferson's one of those guys that, is almost every week ranked as a wide receiver three, but has wide receiver one upside. And I mean, that's not to be taken lightly. And if, if I'm looking at a wide receiver three with that kind of upside, almost every week, I'm going to play somebody like that. You know, I'm looking for ceiling in that wide receiver three flex spot in almost every league. Like that's what I try to do with my flexes is like, give me the shoot the moon guy. You know what I mean? I don't want to play Tevin Coleman. I don't want a guy for six points. I'd rather have a chance at 20 and going into the end of the year like this, when playoffs are on the line, I mean, in most situations, I feel like I'm looking for upside. So Van Jefferson's an easy guy for me. And I love having a guy on Monday Night Football. It's just like I always try to find somebody on Monday that I can, like, wrap all my hopes and dreams around and be like, get me to the, the end zone there, Van Jefferson. All I need is 38 points. And then he always comes up short. But it's fun to watch Monday Night Football when you get a little more on the line. So for me, it's Van Jefferson. That's why I, I have many, that. many leagues to make that worthy. But no, I love that. That's, a, that's a definitely a great pick here. Ships, what do you got? You mentioned him before the show. I'm going with KJ Osborne, and he's had mm. an up and down season. And he'll finally get some time to shine with Adam Thielen ruled out already for this Thursday night matchup. And the Steelers, they allow points to wide receivers. They actually allowed, look at this production Mike Williams, 18 points. Keenan Allen, 15. T Higgins, 20. Jamar Chase, 5. Sammy Watkins, 11. Marquise Brown, 8. But that's a lot of production of wide receivers. That's half PPR fantasy points, by the way. So I think it's very viable that Justin Jefferson can have an elite game like he had last week and get his a massive amount of targets. And KJ Osborne can have himself some shares, some good share too. Like he scored a touchdown last week. So he's obviously being utilized in the red zone to an extent. And 
there's going to be a lot of uh, it's going to be somewhat a decent hole for him to fill up him and Tyler Conklin and obviously Jeff Richardson. So I like to I'm all in on the Vikings tomorrow. So I guess I'm just kind of biased, but I like KJ Osborne for this week, though. Well, no. just to piggyback on that, though, I love going on Thursday for the same reason. It's just like, let me get up to a big lead. Oh. So I love having some of that stuff. I, I, mean, I hate get, going on Thursday. <laughs> I, see, but I like going with upside guys on Thursday, right? Like a KJ Osborne, somebody I love playing to be like, all right, if he doesn't get me anything, then it changes my decision making for Sunday. If he gets me a lot, I don't have to worry as much. So I don't mind playing one or two guys on Thursday night that I think are upside plays. But I, I don't like that I'm playing Zeke, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's not an mm-hmm. upside play, right? Nah. But it's like, ugh. You know, some of those players on Thursdays, like the last two Thursdays when Zeke was playing, I'm just like, ugh, like that's not what I mean. But KJ's a good pick for an upside guy, so I like that. I do too as well. I'm, I'm really hoping he does well because I'm starting him in a lot of leagues this week. So I'm nervous, but I'm hopeful. So love well, it, Jets. Kirk's been throwing like multiple touchdown passes like pretty much like for consistently for the most season. So like, yeah, you got some upside there. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Lighting it up on Thursday night. I love it. All right, so I went with Thursday. What did I say? No, I was just like, let her rip. Oh, let her rip, let her rip. All right, all right. Uh, so I went with Jameson Crowder, guys, as my sleeper. Uh, I kind of mentioned most of the good things about the Jets' offense this week, and they're going to probably need to throw the ball a lot. Um, and the Saints, you know, have been, you know, vulnerable to the slot receivers most of the season here now at this point. And without Corey Davis now, I expect Jameson Crowder to see a slight bump. I know um, Elijah Moore is going to see a great bump, which we all love. But Jameson Crowder has been solid over the last like month of the season here. Now he has been, he's been decent, you know, he, and he's someone this week, I think could get you a pretty good outing. So if you're looking for, you know, at a guy to probably get you between 10 and 12 fantasy points, I know it's not a lot, but his value right now is much lower than that. I think he ends up with a nice, you know, high end wide receiver three value, which people are seeing him down as the four or five wide receiver this week. So um, Crowder is my guy this week. If you're looking for a wide receiver or a flex play. Smart. Mm. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's head over to the bus now. Andrew, what do you got, man? What do you got for a bus? Oh, so my bust for receiver and, and this kind of pains me a little bit. It's, it's gotta be Brandon cooks. I just, that guy is, is one of those players that is name value. And he's always been so good with every quarterback until he hasn't been, you know what I mean? Like the last half, even like the last six, seven, eight games, even of this season have just been all over the place. We talked before, we don't even know who's going to play quarterback there. I'm not excited about any of the rushing options, which means that defense is going to put double coverage on cooks and call it a day. You know what I mean? Seattle doesn't have to do too much in that regard. Anyway, they're already pretty good on defense for the most part. I mean, not great, but they're still pretty good. I just don't think cooks is somebody I want to play. If I can avoid him, I am in every single situation. Um, I just don't think his ceiling is anything right now. And I don't think his floor is anything either. I mean, it's just, he's got one of those zero to 10 point kind of outings. I'll pass that. Give me somebody else. Give me Crowder, you know, give me guys like that, that actually have more upside. So yeah, Cooks is just somebody I'm pretty much avoiding. Not interested this week. Agreed. Honestly, I want nothing to do with Brandon Cooks rest of the season. I just I'm done with him. Done. Yep. The high target volume isn't worth it. Yeah. Well, again, it, it depends on who's throwing the ball, and we don't. Need, is that Davis Mills? Like I don't know if I trust that anyway. Like it might not even be him. It might be some guy off the street. We have no clue at this point. Like it just Terod Taylor is not exactly a stud. Obviously, they don't have Watson. They're not going to have him ever again. I just, I'm out on Cooks. Even in Dynasty, I'm out. I'm done. I don't want anything to do with him. I'm hoping they release him next all season. Then I would take into him again. But I mean, it, I think I'd rather have Davis Mills start at this point because since Taylor's been back, he's done even worse. So I mean, Mills 
might air the ball out and risk it a little bit more just for the hell of it. So well, Mills didn't do bad earlier this year. I'm not saying he's a bad QB. He's obviously one of the best 32 in, in the U S at this point. You know what I mean? Like he's definitely worthy of the spot. It's just it, the, the variability of Brandon cooks is what worries me, right? right. For somebody with, with you're looking at him as like a, a wide receiver, two, three kind of option in most leagues. And he was drafted as such. That's just not somebody I want to play. He's just too, way too risky. There's no floor. He could have zero points. I I'm out. I don't want it. Yeah, this is game time. Like this is your it's too important on your line too. Yeah. Way too important. Yeah, no. Too important. That's why it. I'm done with the rest of the year too. Like there's no more less there's every game from here on out is more important than the last. And there's none of these games I feel confident putting Brandon Cooks in my lineup. So I'm I'm just done. I like it. I like it. Coach Joe's, what do you got? Oh, Mike Evans and Ooh. I I like I'm I would say Godwin too, but I'm a little bit higher on him because I think he's more versatile and this Bills defense is legit. Like I, I'm not even going to consider like last week's performance in the snow. Like you could just scratch that, but still there's been dominant. And since they're by, they haven't allowed a wide receiver to score more than ha- 10 and a half PPR fantasy points. No, they allowed two wide receivers to score more than 10 and a half, half PPR fantasy points. So there's a lot of receivers in there. And obviously like, Mike Evans could definitely he will get his targets and whatnot, but I think this could be one of those like zero games where he just kind of has 40 yards and doesn't score a touchdown because the Bills defense they only allowed three wide receivers to score a touchdown this year, and I don't think the prop it's Tom Brady we're talking about, but I still think they could kind of lock him down. So I'm kind of lower on Ev- Evans, and I think Godwin's I'm a little higher on Godwin, but I think God Mike Evans would be like a low end wide receiver too more than like the mid range she's usually ranked as. Yeah. He's, he's a tough one to match. This is going to be a good matchup against, because the bills are like good against everyone, basically besides RBs for the most part, they've kind of averaged at this point now, but um, yeah, it's going to be a good matchup. Let's see how that turns out. But yeah, Evans is a risky, is risk, definitely risky. And does anybody else think this might be a Super Bowl preview? Like, is it just me? Like, I feel like Brady's kind of on that track to kind of easily go through the NFC. They're kind of all over the place. AFC is going to be a battle. Let's be honest, but it could yeah. be the bills at the end of all this. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how much of that matters when you're playing a game like this where every week is so variable and so different and all this. But like, you know, maybe they hold back a little. Maybe Tampa holds back a little bit and doesn't throw everything at the Bills in case they see him again. Right. There's some value in that narrative kind of streak, too. So I'm, I'm not saying it's likely, but I'm not that down on Evans. But man, I, I get the logic. I get the logic. There's someone that's going to have to come down from somewhere. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, so do I. So do I. So. All right, so I went with Hollywood Brown, guys. Uh, you know, over the last, like, month now, Hollywood Brown's kind of, you know, he hasn't been over 50 yards, uh, 60 yards, I'm sorry, and he's got another tough matchup against the Browns. You know, that he went, he went, uh, get nine fantasy points in two weeks ago when they played them. And honestly, when I went back and looked at some of the stats, you know, Lamar Jackson, he, he's grown as a passer, but he's only had two games over one touchdown this season. I didn't realize that. He just, literally two weeks in the entire year, he has more than one passing touchdown, and I just can't rely on that for, you know, Hollywood Brown. They actually had a touchdown this week. You know, Sammy Watkins is back now. It's definitely taking targets. You know, Rashad Bateman's kind of falling off a little bit, but he still takes targets. You know, Mark Andrew is the main guy there, and they seem to want to get back to running the ball a little bit here, it seems like, in uh, Baltimore. And it's kind of tough to want to start Hollywood Browns in, in, a, in a tougher matchup. So, And this is going to be a, a, a bloodbath. This is a division game. So, for me, I'm, I'm looking away from Hollywood Brown if I can. Well, and Jackson threw four interceptions in that game too, didn't he? Like that, that, that defense has Jackson's number. Yeah. But yeah. Like that defense has his number. Like I, I'm with you. I'm benching Marquise. That's yeah. Ugh. No, thanks. Yeah. No, thanks. That's for sure. 
All right, so let's talk about some of these guys, other guys, real quick. Uh, do you start any like Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders this week? Nah. See ya. Yeah, no, no, not not interested. Not interested. Okay, okay. What about any Detroit Lions wide receivers? Reynolds, Amon St. Brown, kind of stepped up last week. I, well, okay. In deep dynasty leagues, I'm starting Amon Ross St. Brown a couple places just because, especially on a rebuild, I've got one where he's my best receiver, which says a lot about how that rebuild's going. But I mean. If you have to, sure, but I'd really rather not. I just don't know if I mean again, I'm 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 a little higher on golf and all that, but I'm looking to hawk this week more than anybody else. I just don't know who which receiver is gonna get the ball. I think golf throws three touchdowns, but we don't have a clue who's gonna catch him. That's my bet. Respect it. Jibs. I'll take Alman Ra, but I wouldn't be starting him in like normal no, like 10, 12 minutes. Yeah. I'm probably sitting them honestly if I can. Uh, let's see here. Do you play any Jaguar wide receivers? Titans are one of the second worst teams against for wide receivers this year. Am I the only one left on the LaVisca train? I feel like everybody left. I'm uh, the only one sitting here. I, I've been, I've been advocating for years now. I um, advocated for him like two weeks ago. Well, I, I wasn't, I was late to the game. I'll be honest. I didn't join the train hype train right out of the year, but at the same time I've been coming on lately because his price is so cheap. He's on, waivers in a couple leagues and i'm like well hang on he's still a good gadget player and i think at some point he's gonna have to get the ball but he's probably him or treadwell i guess but i mean even then like i'd rather start lavisca myself but i don't want to but i'd rather i guess of the two that's about it yeah, yeah. i agree but i wouldn't start any of them still because trevor lawrence has been a hot mess over this last like, the hottest of messes I would take my shot on Marvin Jones, but in that, and I'm still not comfortable with it. So I'd probably say no to all of them, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Let's see if I can find one more here. Do, 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 do. If Julio plays, do you play Julio? <sighs> no, no, I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I want to see it on the field before I put him in my lineup. Too I agree. If you have to, if you need, if you're desperate at wide receiver, I'd say screw it and just see. Hope the upside is there. Honestly, that's how I see it. But definitely a risky play for sure. So, all right. So let's head over to the tight ends now. Here, sleeper tight end here. Andrew, what do you got? Well, I mean, we kind of talked about this team before, but it's it's the Conklin. It's it's honestly like I think Tyler Conklin is one of those guys that has been underrated all year. Uh, he's he's pretty much a tight end one at this point, and in that offense with uh, Thielen going down. I mean, you mentioned it before we were talking about KJ Osborne, but that that route tree is pretty, pretty small for everybody. There aren't a whole lot of options. So I think with uh, with Osborne stepping up kind of into that Thielen role, Conklin can step into the Conklin plus Osborne role. Right. And kind of get a little bit more. So I think he's somebody that I've, I've had on a couple of teams. I picked him up off waivers, I think, in one after week one or two. And I've been riding him the rest of the year. You know, like I just he's un- criminally underrated. He could easily get two or three touchdowns, too, which is all you really look for in a tight end anymore. You know, what are the options to get touchdowns? Because that that position is such crap right now. You never know what you're going to get. Outside the top three or four, everybody is a tight end, too, at that point. But, yeah, so for me, Conklin. But, I mean, it's just because the position so ugly. <laughs> yeah, no, believe me. When we get to the tight end section, it's always tough to, like, say, who do you have as a sleeper? Who do you have as a bust? Like, who gets, who, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> tight, end, tight end six to tight end 20 are all, like, the same player, basically. Yep. You don't have uh, to make, like, that strong of a case because it's just like. Yeah, you, you don't have to be <laughs> tight end. He's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm taking Austin Hooper, and, you know, the Browns utilize their tight ends, but unlike any other team in the NFL, and with Nujoku on the COVID list, Harrison Bryant, being out of practice with an injury, I think they could be the starting tight end and kind of have a 
nice little share of targets. And Jarvis Landry, I think, missed practice as well today. So, like, he could be, like, the main guy this week on a team that probably doesn't throw that much. But I still like for him to have a respectable game and it could be utilized. So, he have some upside for a low-end starter. If you're just missing someone or you just want to play somebody. Come on, Jed. Man, you stole my player, man. Right, that was a easy... And listen, you mentioned David Njoku being out possibly. He's on the COVID list, and then yeah. Harrison Bryant's hurt a little bit. And I think exactly. I don't know, and he has a close contact too, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm with you too. I think Cooper is somebody that I've had a couple places in Dynasty, even just because you don't know what you're going to get with that offense. He's been very hit or miss, but Njoku being most likely being out or you know potentially being out definitely raises his value. So. Again, you, you could do worse. He could be tight end 20. He could be tight end five, like we were saying, right? It's a flat circle at that point. So it's all about touchdown potential in my book, and Hooper's definitely got it. So I like that pick. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's, uh, that was my pick. So, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'll go a different direction here. So I'm going to go really deep for you guys. If you're desperate at tight end, maybe you just haven't been hitting at all this season, but I'm going to go Nick Vinette from the New Orleans Saints. Mm. And ever since basically um, Adam Trotman went down, Nick Vinette's kind of stepped up a little bit. He's got a touchdown here and there. He led the team. Uh, in targets this past week here and they played the Jets they allowed the six most fantasy points to tight ends this year and, I, and I'm not saying that you know I mentioned that Tyson Hill's a bust but it doesn't mean he can't throw a touchdown here or there or get a decent amount of yardage still and I think when they get into the red zone especially with Deontay Harris being out suspended for three games you know Nick Vanette could see an intake in targets it seems like they trust him enough to be their tight end one over like a guy like Jawan Johnson so Nick Vanette I think if you're looking for a deep league play Nick Vanette's my sleeper this week my second. I don't, hate it. So. I don't hate it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So the last one of the night, guys. Tight end bust. Well, we call it tight end lower your expectation because you, everyone's a bust basically if you don't score. But uh, Andrew, who you got? Well, so uh, this player is someone who got touted a lot in the off season, and I traded him away a couple of places. It's Tyler Higby. Uh, remember Tyler Higby? Remember all that hype? I think going into oh, yeah. this, this year, everybody was all it's on the Higby train and all this and nothing like it just we haven't heard anything about him he's only got three top 10 tight end finishes which doesn't say much again like we were talking about but he's had some some weeks where he gets you know six points two points eight points and that's in ppr like i'm, I'm out like I'm, i don't want anything to do with this guy so even if he is in that that flat circle like i just said if he's in that big group i just don't think that that offense really needs him everybody was expecting him to become the hawkinson of the west and all this it ain't happened and I'll tell you what, I, Stafford is definitely looking at Van Jefferson a lot more. He's looking at Cup, obviously, every single down he can. So I just, Higby, no thanks. I'm done. I, I think I even dropped him in one league that starts a tight end, and I was like, nah, I don't even want to bother with the decision. I'd rather pick up a, a flyer, like, you know, a receiver at some point. I think I dropped him for Amon Ross St. Brown. I was like, nope, I'm just, I'm done with the Higby train. And I'm just going to see what happens the rest of me. I don't have buys to worry about. If I get hurt, I'm out anyway. So <laughs> at this point, I'm done with Higby. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm done with Higby, too. I'm not, I'm not a fan whatsoever. So, Coach Chibs? I am done with Noah Fant. And Ooh. I was very into Noah Fant this year because you figure you were getting a nice dose of volume, good dose of volume on a weekly basis. But that's not the case anymore. Noah Fant has just regressed into a, tight, a touchdown or a bus tight end pretty much. In the last four games, he's played. He's been averaging three catches on four targets per game. Obviously, he's taken a backseat to Jerry Judy. Albert Oates definitely come on in the offense. But the biggest cog in the whole thing is, is the Broncos just want to run the goddamn ball. And they just showed it last week with Javante Williams. I'll have Melvin Gordon probably back this week. And I wouldn't expect anything less. So 
sorry, no offense. It looks like you're just going to be a low-end dog. We were on the same page a lot tonight, Jibs. I almost picked him, too. I'm just, what do you do with a guy like that? He had top five tight end potential. It has not paid off. He's a banana now. You yeah. buy low on him and hope that Russell Wilson goes there or Aaron Rodgers goes there next year. <laughs> in, in Dynasty, though, I think a lot of managers that have Noah Fan aren't selling low because they're all on the same boat. They're like, well, I, I paid this much for him. I'm going to hold on. And they're all going to have that same hope next year. Who's going to be the court? Is Aaron Rodgers going there? Is Deshaun Watson? I don't know of anyone in Dynasty that's getting rid of him. And in redraft, at this point, trade grind deadlines are most likely done anyway. Like Drop the him. only chance you have is dropping him, which I think makes sense. I mean, again, I hate to say that because he has so much potential, but. Yeah, that offense just does not like no fan. <laughs> you drop him, let someone else pick him up, and let him let them deal with that, and hope you can pick up whoever they drop because they think, oh, it's no fan name value, right? Exactly, there. exactly. Definitely a good one, Jibs. So mine this week, I'm going with a bigger name hitter, and it's no, it's T.J. Hawkinson. And you know, T.J. Hawkinson is he's played better as of lately. Again, you know, he went through a little slump, but now he's kind of back, back to back weeks, tight end one performance. Again, it's not really hard if you score a touchdown. Uh, but Denver Broncos only allowed one touchdown this season, two tight ends, and you know they've they've been good. They stopped Kelsey last past week here, and I'm just not expecting a huge game. Like we mentioned, Jared Goff could throw touchdowns to anyone, but we just don't really know who that is. Like Andrew mentioned, so for me, it's unless he's seen eight and eight nine receptions in this game, which he hasn't done that often this year, uh, as we thought he might. Uh, to me, it's almost like a touchdown a bust for DJ Hawkinson this week. So. If he doesn't score, which it's very unlikely he does, I'm not worrying. I'm not playing. I'm not playing him if I can, but you might have to. So I'm lowering my expectation on him this week. I, I'm still higher on Hawk. I'm still a Hawk believer. I, I think he's got some potential. And again, that offense is all over the map. Like I was saying before with Goff, and we were talking about the, the receivers. I like Hawkinson. I'm still on that that bandwagon, I guess. But he has a lot of variability, which definitely makes you nervous if you're going for the playoffs here. So I hear you. Yeah, now when you said it, said his name the first time, I was like, well, I have him as a bus, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right, but uh, that's going to wrap us up tonight, guys. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening in. As always, Andrew Man, incredible guest, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for jumping on. Oh, yeah, great to be here. Always a pleasure. Anytime you guys want to chat, you know I'm available. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if there's anything you want to mention real quick before uh, we let you go for the night. Well, I just like I said before, just check me out on Junkies. Uh, we record most Thursdays, sometimes Tuesdays for holidays. But keep me uh, find me on Twitter at Andrew Hall FF, you know, and always looking for a good conversation. I always tell people too, my DMs are open. I, I put out a lot of content and I usually try to tell people that's generic. Like it, it can't be specific, but I'm a huge fan of context. So send me a DM, say, here's what I'm looking at. Here's the options I have. Who should I start? What are your league settings? You know, if you're making a trade, even if you're in Dynasty and there's no deadline, I love hearing more context. So you know, as much as trade polls are fun and everybody wants to win the trade, it's not usually that easy. It's there's always a lot more nuance, and I'd love to hear the nuance and just assume, yeah, pick that guy up, start that guy. No, 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 give me a little more. It takes a little more effort, but you usually get better results. That's the point. So yeah, other than that, I'm good. Love it, love it. So again, as always, guys, appreciate you for listening in, and you can always check us out over on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. You know, we'll be there to help you guys out. Anything you guys need as you try to make your championship run. And, you know, starting sits, if there's still trades going on, hit us up. You know, you have some waiver wire pickups. You know, we're here for you guys all the time. Even though I might be in Florida this week, we'll still be, uh, God bless you, sir. Uh, we'll still be uh, we'll still be here to help you guys out all the way to the end of the season here. So, and if you all want to hit up me and Coach Chips personally, you can do that on Twitter at Coach Stephen P. Take Concho. So we thank you all for listening. Enjoy your week 14. Hopefully you all make the playoffs and we'll, we'll see you next Monday to talk playoff time. So until then guys, 
Have a good one. The bag is not far-fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mighty has entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. Listen up, Jack. I'ma head back. Back to the blowing that, blowing that, blowing that. Go.